Welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I'm your Game Master, Eric. I'm Philip. I'm Trevor. I'm Randy. I'm Jeff. Welcome to another episode. Gentlemen, what happened last time? Kind of a lot. Talking. The last half is what really matters right now. And we agreed to help Sigil's operation. Social club. some things. Yeah. <laughs> steal something from a... Is it Kenneth Vault or just the Kenneth like Enclave? It's a Kenneth facility, like where they're right. doing. And that's where Eric made us stop playing. It was right before we did that, I think. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sigil had suggested that you all have a blueprint of the facility. Not a whole lot of intel on the inside. It is like a an architectural blueprint, then a map. And additionally, Sigil had suggested that if you all wanted to reach out to Arancis as a person on the potential inside, you could, but certainly not required. And that's where that's we right. left off. Warforged uh, can't go past a certain point at all. Yes, there is a barrier, a runic barrier that prevents their Gulra from passing through it. And so basically what the Warforged had talked to you there, quote unquote, primary ask is getting the core of the Eldritch engine that is similar to the one that you all encountered way back when you first encountered these kind of empowered Warforged. Get the core from that, bring it back to Sigil so that they can examine it to try and figure out a way to shut it down remotely in the future. But then additionally investigating the runic barrier to see if there's any way to bypass that or disable it so that Warforged in the future could take care of these problems. And lastly, potentially undoing the possession that occurs when a Warforged's Gulra is inserted into this machine. Currently, they don't know of any way to undo it. So... That is it. But Sigil was very quick to kind of shut that down. That was something Spruce brought that up. Spruce Springsteen. That, that's his last name. He's the boss. <laughs> it's uh, Spruce Springsteen. <laughs> um, okay, so what is the plan, gang? You're, I pick up where we left off. You all have just left the warehouse that the, the Warforge group is meeting in. And you have they gave you the copy of the blueprints and their blessing to go forth. So... Can someone remind me why Arancis was going to be a worthwhile contact for this? Just she'd been in the facility, she knew the facility, or she has she is Kenneth. She she is right. Kenneth, and she has helped you all previously with the the murdered shifters lizard reptile job. Right. All right. Well, um, what do you all think? Do we want to reach out to Arancis and say we'd like to steal some things from your family, or? what yes but if we were to do that i'm just trying to figure out unless i've missed something and can't remember something from the past like why would she be inclined to assist in some way not she helped us before <clears throat> we weren't going after a canis facility Ex specifically it was millhatch yes, right that's exactly. my head's at 
So that's the only reason I'm a little hesitant to proceed down that path is not entirely willing, sure she would be. I mean, do we have any interaction to make it think that she would be sympathetic to this plight? Especially if, I mean, she was guarding the first warehouse we went to, which is where we first found one of these machines. Right. And she was fighting alongside a group of the Warforged that had been empowered by it. We don't have any direct evidence that she knew about it, but she was at the very least interacting with the results of it, knowingly or not. Right. It feels like an unnecessary variable. If we just think someone with Kenneth connections will be helpful, Olive's Kenneth. I certainly trust her more than Arancis. Yes, Arancis, if she would be willing, obviously she would have more information probably about that particular location. But, I mean, it it certainly would not hurt to approach Olive and ask if she might know something about Kenneth security yes, or anything exactly. else. Right. Re- remind Jeff: Is she in a position in the family where she might have actually had dealings with the security? Is a tinkerer, so would she have been a part of installation or repair? Could we reasonably make a story point to where she does? Her brother was working at the lower division as mm-hmm. a Kenneth rep with Millhatch. So her brother might have clearance that she doesn't. And if I'm remembering where everyone is right now, they're together at the moment. Seems like a reasonable call to make. Or if you'd rather go into it in person, I certainly understand that. I figure we meet with her, yeah, but I'll call. I think it's worthwhile. I'm trying to remember how how urgent this was, because Sigil was like, "It's it's right up there. It was also communicated to you all that from, I believe Spruce said that some of Ash's people was all were also making Already the facility uh, and mm-hmm. potentially going to be a lot more destructive than you all. Um, so, yes, that's the biggest timetable outside of the just general existential threat that it uh, poses to the Warforged population. Okay. If we go talk to Olive, we will need to be hasty about it rather than just calling. It can be. We have quick transportation and... No nonsense communication skills. So I say let's dip. Okay. Let's yes, let's in person. Let's do that, sure. Okay. Okay, so we'll pile back aboard Tasha and Eris will call Olive. Uh, Olive hops on the communicator. Hey, Eris, what's up? We have a job that might involve a Canis facility where they're doing something bad. And we wondered if we could talk to you and maybe Jerome about it. Yeah, I'm still with him. He's here with me. You all go ahead and head up here and I will talk to him while you're on the way about that. About potentially talking to you all. Okay. It's like a mind control, really bad thing. Not like normal, just making stuff it's like a really weird bad mind control thing yeah it's not a shoplifting ring it's uh (laughs) (laughs) whose mind does it control all the warforged okay yep 
Okay. Anyway, we'll be up there. Yep. Perhaps she might have some information on Arancis as well. Maybe she might have some insight. Uh, Jerome certainly might. So off we go. Okay. Back to the cauldron. Oh. Or wait, not the cauldron. Up to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jerome residence. Yeah. See, I told Jerome. You all are able to Shed Jerry. head up. Jerome lives in kind of the uh, the merchant level of the city. People that do pretty well for themselves, but certainly not in the upper echelons where a lot of the people that you have associated yourself with recently live. And after parking Tasha and short walk from the sky docks, you find a pretty, pretty modest townhouse uh, just built into one of the towers. Uh, small little stoop going up to a door. And Olive is actually out front waiting for you all. And she sees you all coming and kind of waves. So tell me more about, you said, Mind Control, Warforged. Do you have more details on the actual technical nature of it, how it works, etc.? Do you remember when I gave you a schema? Yeah. A while back. We took that out of a machine that we found in a warehouse we were in. And uh, Sigil has worked out that what it does is it connects to a Warforged Gulra and it can seize control of them. Uh, we've seen some Warforged that were affected by it. It made them stronger but it also took away their will yeah that sounds real bad and real illegal yeah yeah okay so we figure this is a pretty secret thing and uh, we we don't want that to happen so we're gonna go try and break it go ahead and come in and we can talk to my brother and do you know which facility you're trying to get into we have blueprints, actually. Okay, then. Yeah, let's go in. And so all she right. opens the door and gestures for you all to, to enter. As you all walk in, you find yourself in a, like I said, a fairly modest home, hardwood floor, pretty dated in terms of the construction and the decor, it looks like. You, you get the sense, and I'm not going to make anybody roll for this, that this, have you ever gone into somebody's house and it's very clear that this is a home that they like inherited from a family member and they haven't brought themselves to like update the house from the previous person that lived there. Mm. It's that it mm-hmm. does not have a Jerome feel. This has a like previous generation of human feel to it. And Jerome's sitting at a small dining room table, uh, looking over some notes and he looks up as you all enter and coldly waves you over and like gestures to the chairs. And for those of you that need the reminder, Jerome is a medium height, stocky build, uh, human man with a fairly bushy black and gray beard, shaved head, um, dark complexion. Yeah, uh, he gestures for you all to, to sit, but silently. I'm glad you said that. I, not the picture I had in my head of Jerome. <laughs> um, for one thing, he just aged like 30 mm-hmm. years when mm-hmm. you, as you described him. Okay, so Eris sits down. Olive walks in behind you all, and she had put her jacket on to stand outside and takes it off and puts it on the back of one of the chairs and sits down and looks between the two groups. And Jerome, this is everyone. 
everyone. This is Jerome. Hob nods. Hello. Jerome nods. Hello. How about you all explain the situation to Jerome as you explained it to me out there? Sure. Uh, it looks like there's some Kenneth artificer who's decided to try and seize mental control of all the Warforged in a large area. Made a machine that and that can grab control by sinking with their gurus. You're trying to stop it. Some Warforged friends of ours have right. hired us to stop it. Specifically, the Warforged don't want it to happen to them and have asked us to help. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which facility is it happening in? Here's, yeah, pulls mm -hmm. out blueprints. This one. And he, with one hand, kind of spins the blueprints around on the table and pulls it closer to him and takes a look. It, it's lower down, almost in the cogs. Research takes place in the lower parts of the city. That makes sense. Not supposed to do that. Wouldn't that, like, a law? Yes, it was. Jerome is, like, looking at the blueprint while speaking to you all. Kenneth is attempting to dispute the validity of those laws. They still view the uh, Warforged as their creation. So that's why they continue the work that they're doing. Well, they what's believe it, what, what is your viewpoint on that? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I was going to ask if we could roll to see how he felt. Point Blake asking is definitely... <laughs> Tell me your done. opinion on a hot-button <laughs> political issue. Yeah. Jerome stops looking and looks up at you, Milo. My professional and personal feelings on the topic don't always align. But I'm willing to help you all in some capacity. Just trying to figure out what that is. Yes, we certainly appreciate it and... I understand sometimes not lining up with the way one actually thinks. Indeed. Some security information would be very helpful. An idea of what, what we might be walking into. I figured that yeah, would pretty be helpful. Passive <laughs> Sorry, please. Yeah, I was about to say, that didn't I'm just trying a question to, at all, did it? I'm just trying to assess which of the security measures in this facility would be uh, proprietary and reused security measures in multiple Kenneth facilities because... While I tried to withhold judgment for my sister and the company she keeps, I can't be giving out security secrets to a group of criminals. Except for this specific facility, of course. Hob has no reaction to that. He knows what he is. <laughs> yes, it's Like, awesome. yeah, was this guy helping make lizard people? Does he have a lot of room to talk? Not a lot of room to talk, but whatever gets him to help with us. Eris sits forward to start to defend herself and explain how she's how he's just saving her time, and she can totally copy where they work out, but then realizes that wouldn't be a good idea. It's not Jerome was not involved with the lizard person thing. He was involved with the Millhatch disaster thing, but Jerome wasn't. Didn't dumb. we encounter him as part of the lizard thing? No. I thought that was where we learned that he was her brother. Yeah, I thought so too. That's what I thought. Hmm. That was the connection that Olive had to Arancis. He was in the warehouse the first time we broke into a, a Millhatch warehouse. First job we did for Olive, where, where Millhatch put himself in the little tank. Yes. Jerome was present for that. And maybe Hob punched him? He was part of a minion group, so I don't know if Hob punched yeah. him. No, he was a rival. He punched the other two guys. 
he was a rival the, at the machine. Eris shot him is what happened to Jerome during oh, that. Oh, did I shoot him or shoot at him? I think him? both. I think you shot at him and shot okay. the controls, and then you shot him as he was trying to fix the controls, if I remember correctly. Right, okay. But I am... We'll remember that for the rest of this interaction. <laughs> <laughs> he did not get a good sight on you, on any of us. Mm-hmm. He has no idea. Oof. Just thought of several ways in which maybe this wasn't as good idea of an idea as I thought it was a minute ago. Do you have any... I don't work in this facility. I don't work on these projects currently. Uh, I'm working on some other things for the house and our associates. So what do you all... I sound cur- like you had aspirations to work on this project. <laughs> You're more than welcome to make a perception check to see if that's the case, what his feelings about the project are. My perception's trash. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I want to roll some dice, so why not? Okay, difficulties one red. Well, how hard? One red. Okay. Or I guess pretend roll some dice. Well, there we go. You have one advantage, Milo. Do you just want to pass a boost to the next roll? Yes. Okay. You don't get any real insight into how Jerome feels about the Warforged projects that Kenneth currently has going on. And his, whether or not he wants to be a part of it. What do you know about the facility thus far? What have you learned? We know there's a uh, there's a barrier that keeps Warforged from crossing it, so that Warforged can't enter or presumably exit the facility. Um, hmm. And we know that it contains a an Eldritch machine that will have the ability to reach out and connect to nearby Warforged through their Gulras. And also, we have this blueprint. That's what we know. Right. Also, the <laughs> shape. He's of looking it. at the right. blueprint. Yeah. We know where it is. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what we know. You're holding it. It's a. It, we know where it is, and that it's shaped like that. Okay. Uh, somebody want to give me some kind of check to convince, like, basically, how much is he going to be willing to tell you? His kind of question right now. Well. Ooh, ooh. He's a gearhead. Yes. That means I can charm him with mechanics. Okay. And if you're doing charm, that means you get to add two advantage if you succeed. Or, wait, there's something more specific. And you have a boost uh, from Milo. Good job, Trevor. Ding dong. You're going you're gonna to co-work <laughs> on a project in the future. Okay, so I count ranks in mechanics as ranks in charm. Okay, so you still so, use your presence. Let's see. But... That little chime, that was my computer because my speakers were still on. Sorry about that. Charm... <laughs> uh, but with more ranks. Okay, what's the difficulty? Difficulty for this is going to be one red, one purple. Add your boost. And le boost. All right. This seems important. I'm going to spend a story point. Okay. Yes. And up the grade. Upgrade. Of course. <laughs> hey, yo. So two success, three uh, advantage, and yep. a triumph. Looming. Yeah, right. That's hooray. Okay, so he tells us everything. Jerome sits back in his chair, looking at the blueprint. I don't know anything about the Warforge barrier. That's something that is new and sounds specific to this facility. So I don't know anything about that. I will tell you that the person heading up these projects is. Pretty paranoid, so expect 
a good deal of resistance uh, internally in terms of what I figure we would be using on a facility like this and what I know goes into all of our facilities. You're going to have stones that are observing you once you get on the inside um, that transmit visual and auditory signals, scrying stones. You're also going to have most of the doors once you get past the reception area in the back are going to be tripped with both an alarm and some form of debilitating magic. It varies from facility to facility based on who we think is going to be uh, trying to interfere. But fire is usually a good bet in terms of what type of damage is going to be hit you in the face. This engine, this eldritch machine that you're going after that you've encountered before. The house has been moving quickly with this magic, with this artifice implementation, uh, with a lack of care towards the stability of the project. So while whatever you encountered before, this is probably going to be more potent. It's also going to be far more dangerous. If you're going in there hot, be careful. Because too much damage goes to this thing, something bad could happen. Be prepared for Warforged resistance. Typically, they're going to use this machine to charge up some Warforged and then keep them in the facility. Potentially part of the reason why they created this barrier wasn't necessarily to keep other Warforged out, but to keep Warforged in. Uh, and in terms of dealing with that barrier, if your Warforged friends want to try to deal with it, I don't know anything about that except for the fact that the person heading up this project is a Warforged, so they would have a solution for getting past the barrier. They're not an heir. They are a very loyal Warforged named Slaughter. Oh, jeez. Named Slaughter? Slaughter. Mm -hmm. What rank did they reach in the military, Eric? I mean, if they're uh, general, we'll say. Oh, Oh, dang it. Sorry. Sergeant. sergeant. They were a sergeant. Come on, man. <laughs> I didn't get the bit. I'm Call sorry. Over wrestling fan. I'm sorry. Wrestling, G. Joe wrestling and G.I. Joe. I was going <laughs> to say, I only got there from G.I. Joe. That's the intersection between me and Eric on the on, on, Sergeant on the Slaughter. That's the one intersection. <laughs> so if they're there, uh, be careful. But who would have to know? about this and give approval for it to happen. A project trying to tamper with Warforge in the face of the Treaty of Thronehold would have to have the backing of basically the entire house in order to move forward. That's a bummer. <laughs> like I said, it's a dispute of philosophy. Now, I know that you haven't worked on this project, but what do you think the chances... Like, how easy would it be to replicate the success or the progress they've made so far if we were to just destroy? Oh, this is not the like... only Eldritch engine of this kind in existence. So if your friends are looking for a way to stop it, you need to look for a way to stop it from affecting the Gulra. Because the, uh, the djinn's already out of the lamp at this point. Can't put it back in. I don't know what that face is for, Jeff, but... Who keeps their djinn a lamp? That's why. <laughs> D-J-I-N-E. I, I try to be clever, and then I realize I shouldn't. 
I appreciated I it. Who keeps that in the lab? What'd you say, Randy? I said I appreciated it. Oh, thank you. Eric heard that he just wanted to get a clean one. Hob has been noticeably pretty silent during all of this because he's still not comfortable talking to Olive around Olive. And this is not this is not his area, so he's just letting them talk, but I think Sorry, right, before we get too far afield, you all have three advantage and a triumph as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We don't have to use them if you all are bummed about it. <laughs> and that triumph Aransas helps I, us with no I would like to use the triumph to cause Jerome to inadvertently uh, spill some of the security information that he's holding back. Like in the course of describing something to us, he accidentally uh, references something that either Eris understands that Jerome, when Jerome doesn't think she would, or accidentally drops something he intended not to tell. Okay. Right. Or he gets lost in the sauce and he's trying to impress Eris, who he knows is smart and says too much. That too. Yeah, so Jerome, through speaking about the security measures with the doors and stuff like that, let's slip that... Okay, uh, he lets slip that these later facilities that are being built, house resources not being what they were during the war, they're starting to cut a lot of corners. So a basic, basic spell to dispel the magic just undoes it. So if you hit a door with that before you walk through, you don't even have to check. So that's... Hob does big eyes at Eris. It's like, oh, you're, you're, oh, he told us something. <laughs> and you see him kind of stop as soon as he says it and his eyes close and lets out a hard exhale through his nose. I don't know how much more help I can be, but that is what I have for you. Like I said, if your friends are looking for a long-term solution, need to figure out a way to deal with how the signal works. You're not going to be able to stop all the machines. Yeah. And Olive just kind of around the table. Thank you, Jerome, for your help. Appreciate it. Anything else that you all need? No, I suppose not. Thank you very much, Jerome. You've been a great help. Sure. Now, can I ask you all about... Why my sister seems to think my life is in danger. Have you not heard about the attacks on people who worked in the uh, lower, what they call them, lower lower division of your enterprise? Sure. Been hearing about that uh, outside of my purview. And I know that. Right, but it's happening to them and you were one of them and that's why your sister thinks your life's in danger, right? That's... I wasn't down in lower division. You all, do, I'm, other people have been killed. It's not just the lower division people. Oh, is it yeah. not? Okay. Other people other than just lower division have also been. Do you all know anything about that? We did find some of the bodies once, didn't we? I know we made a joke about finding a nest of bodies, but we actually did see some of Sana's handiwork once, didn't we? Or Cass, pardon me. It was like the cutaway, like third person scene where Calloway found the bodies but I think other than that you just okay. read about it in the papers okay so we've I mean going to give a heads up is all okay have him make a check who has the better deception amongst all of you two yellow two green it's probably going to be it certainly don't have that yeah, I have two yellow and one green I have two green 
one failure, one threat. So you all can have a boost for your next check, but he just kind of like, all right, there's nothing else. Thank, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he slides the blueprints back across the table to you all. He gets up and looks at Olive as you all are getting up to exit. And Drum just says, Olive, you can uh, head on out with your friends. I'm going to go upstairs. And he walks. You all notice he has a pretty, uh, pretty significant limp in his left leg as he goes up the stairs. A gout flare up. Nope. And Olive's just like, oh, okay. Bye, Drum. And Olive grabs her coat and kind of awkwardly walks out with you all. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, excuse me, Olive. I couldn't help but notice uh, Jerome has a pretty bad limp going on there. I think that's a pretty... Um, oh, go ahead. I'm only interested to see if there's something we could possibly do to help that, maybe. Jerome's uh, far too proud for that. Um, I don't know what happened. It's a fairly recent development. He... Apparently doesn't want to talk about it. So oh. shrugs. Um, if you all are going off to do your job, I'll just head back home and lay low there. Right. Yeah, I think we probably are. Yeah. Um, be safe. And if you need anything, you know where I'll be. Okay. All right. Bye, everyone. And Olive just turns well, and walks away. Off we go. Speaking of off we go. Our podcast has hit a new milestone uh, to where we are going to take a quick little break mid-episode to talk to you about today's sponsor, Manscaped. Before we get into the actual ad read, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you, our listeners, for getting us to this point. I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that like, we, we wouldn't be at a place where people want us to talk about their products on here without all of you and uh, just... Thank you for the support over the years and telling your friends about the podcast and listening to the podcast and re-listening to the podcast for some of you. And yeah, it's just very much appreciated. Yeah, let's talk about the exciting product and or service that wants to sponsor our podcast today. Support for Everon Renewed is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RENEWED at manscaped.com. The big thing is the Performance Package 4.0 was one of the things that they sent all of us, uh, which has the Lawn Trimmer 4.0 and the Weed Whacker, which is for ear and nose hair. And... I speaking personally, I've tried to like trim my nose hair before, and that sucks in most methods with which you try to do it. And the weed whacker was honestly a super easy device to use to trim up the uh, old nose and ear hairs. I've kept a beard for twenty years now, almost constantly, unless I had to shave it for a play. And my thing I really like about it—it's got an adjustable guard on it. It's got twenty settings on the beard, the beard trimmer, and it. It's really, it's a pretty fantastic product. I have actually never used a powered ear nose hair trimmer ever. And I used, I, I used it and I can't imagine why I've never done it before because <laughs> that thing worked. That thing was incredible. It was like, I will use this <laughs> as often as I need. And 
the Lawnmower 4.0 uh, has a ceramic blade that reduces nicks and cuts and just general grooming accidents with their advanced skin safe technology, which is also very nice and reassuring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RENEWED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code RENEWED. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, so what's the plan, gang? So are we going to figure out anything about Arancis or no? I feel like we've abandoned that. I feel important. Like, no, it was just an option. If you all don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if you want to. No, I don't like you giving us control. You set it for a reason. Right, but our characters aren't interacting with right. an omniscient narrator. So. I just Chekhov's like... Arancis. Just, I feel like we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're looking for. And we don't know where it is. So let's just get in there. I meant to ask about Arancis to Olive to see if she had some inside insight on her. She me like, yes, we need to stop it. No. But you didn't. Nope, forgot. Quick, so we're heading down up to do the thing? Yeah, unless someone can think of something that we should make or acquire beforehand that will be helpful, and I'm not sure what it is because we just we have some information, but I don't think we have enough detailed information to... Can we think of a reason? I mean, we don't really need a reason, <clears throat> but do we want to have with us a transporter? One of Eris's hacked arm? It seems like that could be useful. It kind of like each of us might should have a transporter when we get to these really sticky things that we can just blip out. But I don't see any reason not to have one on us. So yeah. if Eris doesn't have one, we need to go grab one of those. Let me see. The ones we used in the statue job just need to be recharged. So we have up to two. So we just need a couple dragon shards and I can recharge those. I could make more, but it would probably take a little bit. Yeah. So it depends on how much time we're willing to sacrifice for making more. But I had had a couple. What time of the day is it currently? I believe it was you all went to go discuss stuff around midday at Luca's sigil called you all down to the cog. So probably I would say dinner time. Okay. Cause I'm assuming we're going to wait until it gets dark. I don't see why it's down the cogs. It's probably always dark. Yeah. That, yeah that's, that's true. And they probably staff or whatever security measures they have are going to be around the clock. Yeah. So what's the plan? We can get a couple of those dragon dragon shards to recharge those. Um, that's as much as I can think to do. I'm totally down to make something else. If someone can think of another tool or solution, we might need. What uh, in in non magic user terms? What do we need to do to deactivate the stuff Jerome accidentally let slip? Sounds like the dispel yeah, spell will like work, it. which I I think both me and Randy are me and Eris and Milo are both capable of doing. I've also got that portable hole mm -hmm. that Eris made, mm -hmm. so we we have that tool as well. We do something to attach dispel to something so that you guys aren't blowing too strain every time we need to get through a door. Eris's glove can I can dis, I can uh, deplete Eris's glove in order to just break a spell automatically without any kind of roll. So I do have that option. Yeah, well, I, um, I don't think depleting your glove to get through a door is a good idea. So it's an emergency measure. Like, yeah, right. If right, we right. get stuck, I can do it. But no, I, it's not ideal because I'll need to. 
probably need to artifice a lot to hack stuff. Yeah, I mean, I could make a bomb real quick. But <laughs> I could probably do that in the moment. Paris <laughs> is probably capable of cobbling together an explosive device. Right. Or just overloading something so that it explodes, for that matter. And then, yeah, I say recharge the two transport shards, and then we just go and see what happens, right? How this... It's always how this was going to go. <laughs> we just heist it up. Get in there and see what happens. For sure. Okay. So you all head down to the facility. Once you get down to the more industrial section of the city, obviously foot traffic dies way down, despite the fact that it is dinner time. A lot of the warehouses and facilities have shut down for the day, but obviously you all know you learned from Jerome that it will have warforged at this facility that are not operating under their own volition and are not able to leave the facility, it would seem. So you all, on your approach, a, see the building, the location that Sigil pointed you on in the direction of, and its exterior at least matches the layout of the blueprint that you have. It looks to be a fairly long rectangle with a smaller like square jutting out of the front where the reception area would be. There are no windows going around the facility except for a small window right by the front door looking into the reception area. Single story? Yes, single story. And how high are the ceilings? Um, Certainly taller than your average residential. Probably 12, 13 feet. Do we want to use the hole to drop in through the roof? Got to shape the, the layout of the place, but... I guess that's a question here. How accessible is the roof? Is this thing built into a tower? Is this thing... Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, you can see the front of it, and you can kind of the edge of it, but it, yeah, it's stacked. Yeah, it, it's built into a tower, and there's also another facility that's, like, facing another direction on top of it. So you could certainly get up high enough to where you could start burrowing down, but you're going to have to go through a couple other facilities before you get there. Right. Yeah, so we go through a wall, but other than that, Based on the schematic that we have, are there multiple exits? It seems like this facility was intentionally built one way in, one way out. Intentionally built to right. kill all its employees during a fire. So, we could just start a fire. Hop entertains that for a moment. Uh, Cannot reiterate. If you just want this place to be destroyed, do nothing, because Ash and their crew are, are on their way to blow it up, so... <laughs> is Ash hiring? I don't know. <laughs> yes, actively. Not you, though. D mm. d definitely not you. Fine. We can't just smash the door. We absolutely can just smash the door in. But like, then what? Well, I guess it depends on how much of a reception area there is. Right. Oh, but if there's only one door, I don't see how we go anyway, other than the front door. Right. That's how we go in. About use the hole through a side wall, maybe. There's. We, do we have three story points? What if Milo disguised us? You've done that before. You've disguised things. Yes, but... I Did you make us I could all be, together like, look like we're a group of Warforged patrol? It could be Snaz again. No, that's not helpful. I hope one day you will be, though, yes, but not today. Sure, yeah, it was entertaining, but that's not going to be helpful here. Okay, looking at You need mass. to be a Warforged now. We could call you... It's not quite as Crash. fun, but I guess I could work. Crash is a ripping good Warforged name. P.S. The starting difficulty for Mass gets you one target. So to get all of you, you would be adding three difficulty to the check. Three purple. So it'd be four purple altogether. Yes. You get a boost. <laughs> certainly. But if we're just. 
Well, we were never outside the barrier. We were patrolling. That's fair. Can masks just make us invisible? That's an additional upgrade. Uh, so it's a plus three to the difficulty for invisibility. So it could not make all oh, of you all invisible. So that's invisible. too much. Yeah. Gotcha. By by one. If one of you was not invisible, you could... Or no, actually, it's a couple more than that. So, What is on the other side of the door, looking at the blueprint? In terms of the blueprint, yeah, it's just a small room. There's a, a washroom attached to it. Uh, but yeah, it just seems to be a small holding area. You can look in through the window, even from this distance, and see a small desk with a chair that is currently unoccupied. And if you got closer, you could probably get a better bearing of exactly what's in the front room. But yeah, this seems to be just a small waiting room slash reception area. So there's a waiting room with a desk. It's not occupied. So if we go in now, looking like Warforged, no one actually saw us walk in. Oh, but if we could be a start, we could get in that way. And then but what if there's like and, people and then, walking by and suddenly a hole opens in the wall? That's correct. Oh. Okay. Eric, could I flip a story point and say that we can go through a hole and at that particular security or patrol there, is that too much? Well, we'll also add, I can do that one time. Or we can study yeah. the blueprint and maybe find it. Th the blueprint's not going to really give you much information on their patrol patterns. I would say flipping a story point to just outright declare that there's not going to be a p patrol in whatever section of the building you all decide to walk in is a bit much. Yeah. Front door, try to disguise everybody. If you want to add some additional features to this place using story points, that's fine. You want to say, oh, there's this thing or whatever, but yeah. Or you all can walk through the front door. It's the only door, and it's in the bottom of a tower. I just don't see how yeah. we go in through something that's not the door. Right. That's how we. That's right. how we go in. Passing mask on everyone. Don't gonna try. So this is gonna be a four purple difficulty. Uh, and would you like to add one more purple to add the realism feature to make it more realistic? Or I got. Four yellows against four purple, guys. What do you think? Spend a story point. Mm hmm. And yeah. you do have a boost. I do have a boost. Okay. From Jerome's threat. I am also spending a story point, so make it one red, three purple. At least wait till I have some strain. Jeez. No. Okay. So. Are you going to use the story point, Randy, to add a green? Yes. Okay. So that's four yellow, a green, and a blue against a red and three purple and if i spend another purple that's the realism yes means it'll hold up to physical contact or we could just try not to get touched that's been most of my life all right let's go for the realism okay it was <laughs> good roll wish wish there were wish that these like 12 dice could be rolled on a table it would look cool <laughs> Three weeks. Do it. There they Three go. Weeks. Do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's so bad. That's not good. Two failures, four advantages, and, of course, a despair. On a spell, which makes everything worse. Oh, uh, no. Smoke begins pouring out of Milo's <laughs> head. And the worst is that Hob thinks <laughs> it he's is masked. A at this moment, 
And it was at this moment that Zorat took full control of Milo. Of all the times. I'm just trying. Milo's mind is suddenly replaced by an alternate timeline's Milo. Oh, boy. Get those four advantage, boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's going to do it. Um, oh, it's great. <laughs> no, it's not great. Yeah, Almost like almost half of them meant to do you harm. <laughs> You're focusing on casting this magic and drawing uh, the power from your scar, the black smoke swirling around and begins to swirl around everyone else attempting to transform <sighs> how they look. And as you're, as everyone is focused on this magic happening, because you all are getting directly affected by Milo's magic, so probably it's also taking up a bit of your concentration as well. Um, Milo, you feel like a hand grab around the top of your head and begin to pull back. And you feel this voice in your head say, my master said he would be back. And you realize in a terrifying moment that those aren't fingers wrapped around your head, but tentacles. End of episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to be part of the conversation surrounding this episode, you can head on over to our Discord, the link to which you can find on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at The Geek Pantheon. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Geek Pantheon, where I do all kinds of tabletop RPG-related videos that you should go watch and let me know what you think. And also the link to the Discord is in all the video descriptions, so that's where you could also go find that. We have another actual play, Kyber Shards, GM'd by Philip, played in by myself, set in the city of Stormreach using the D&D 5th edition tabletop role-playing game system on the Laughing Tree YouTube channel. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekpantheon. If you want to financially support the shows in any way that you are able, you can do so over there. And we have merch at thegeekpantheon.com. Go buy a shirt or a coffee mug. That'd be neat. Also, big thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use the code RENEWED for 20% off your order and free shipping. And it helps us out a whole heck of a lot when you use that code as well. So thank you all so much. I've been your Game Master, Eric. I'm Trevor. I'm Philip. I'm Randy. I'm Jeff. We'll see you next time. <laughs>